Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I mean, I'm going to go out on a limb and say I got the best hair in the NBA. <laughs> I think if GQ says it, it's yeah, pretty safe I mean. to say Welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Sunday, November 22nd. No rest for the wicked. I'm J.E. Skeets giggling away at that cold open from J.D. there. And alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Hopefully my hands are wet enough here. <laughs> I just love those. <laughs> we got the Bass Master ripping them lips, Trey Kirby. hey Hey, yo. yo! We've got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Fred. Mm. Mm. Man, the man making the magic happen, JD. Hello. Darius, and here we are. Did you edit that down, JD? Because that oh, yes. was an incredible clip. <laughs> yeah, oh, I took all the, all the hair drying and <laughs> put it all together. That thing is over four minutes long. And it <laughs> ran on, about Gordon Hayward's haircuts. It's... It's amazing. The whole clip is amazing. <laughs> well, they the cut it down from 60 minutes down to four minutes <laughs> yeah. in the first place. That's true. And the most shocking part, only $35. What a deal. Uh, I, I, I've, got, I've got a bit of a scoop here because this morning someone tweeted me and said, as a jazz fan, I can attest the trends he's uh, set are still in full force today throughout the state. People are still getting their hair cut and beards trimmed solely because of his impact. Oh, wow. And I said to him, does everyone get an hour? And he said, sadly, no. That's reserved oh. for the center himself. So, oh, wow. uh, why? There we go. We've blown the lid off the whole scheme this morning. <laughs> Not everyone gets an hour. <laughs> All right. Well, we are back here on a Sunday. Uh, highly encourage you to check out yesterday's No Dunks podcast that we posted on Saturday. That was recapping day one of NBA free agency. We discussed uh, Stephen Adams landing on the Pelicans, the Hawks signing Gallinari, and what that means for John Collins. We tried our best to understand what in the hell the Pistons are doing. Um, But on Saturday, day two of free agency, we had some of the juicier names agreeing to new deals. So we're going to tackle those today. Biggest one, both by name recognition uh, and the size of the contract. And of course, the greatest hair of the bunch. Gordon Hayward signs with the Hornets. Hornets out of nowhere for four years, $120 million. And now look. We're still waiting to see whether it's going to be a sign-in trade of some sort. There was a possibility, and it's still in play, that the Hornets will waive and stretch and use the stretch provision on Nick Batum to create the necessary cap space here because he's like $27 million, and they can stretch that over three years. So, Tass, this is wild. Hayward, four years, $120 million in Charlotte. What was your immediate reaction to this uh, free agency news? Yeah, when I heard Gordon Hayward is going to get paid $30 million each year for the next four years... I played the butt game in my head. This is this is my version of the butt game. That sounds like a lot of money for Gordon Hayward, but he had a productive year. Good production. Good percentages, but good's not great. 17.5 points per game, but he played his role. If he had the opportunity he had in Utah when he was getting those haircuts, he could get back to his all-star self. But he's 30 now. He's going to be 31 soon. 
paying him till he's 35, but Michael Jordan wanted him twice. They signed him to an offer sheet years ago, but Michael is sentencing Charlotte to mediocrity for years to come. But it's Charlotte. Are players banging on the door to sign with them? And I finished my butt. I butted it out in the pavement, and I said to myself, it's an overpick. <laughs> it's, it's just an overpick. There's, there's, there's people out there comparing it to Kevin Love uh, when he got his contract extension with, with the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think that's fair. I think that's a, a, a sort of a, a, a decent comparison because he is going to be 31 here, and he's going to be the highest-paid guy on the team. And really, their ceiling is eight seed, maybe. Uh, really, when you look up and down that roster, are him and LaMelo going to be flowing together? I think that's a an apt comparison. And I, I don't see him you know, being in all his Utah All-Star self for... I don't if he gets back to it for one year, I think that's a heck of an accomplishment. But, right. I mean, that's that's really what the ceiling is. I think people comparing it to the Nikola Batum contract, I think, is a little unfair, actually, because Hayward has been an all-star uh, because the money is actually uh, less than what Batum got. I mean, it was a longer contract for Batum. I think Hayward has a bit more of a track record. Batum was sort of on that trajectory, but never even got to where Hayward has gotten. So I, I do like the comparison to Kevin Love, and it's... It's too much money. It really is just a little too much money if you're going to want to be a good team. And now uh, that's they're, they're just reaching for the playoffs. They're just hoping and dreaming uh, for a postseason run. But in the tough Eastern Conference, I don't see it happening. Lee loves it. And he's holding up his Charlotte shirt that he's wearing. Larry Johnson. You, you is that a LaMelo Ball jersey? It's LaMelo Ball. I didn't think it was going to come back into, uh, into favor. But yeah, it has... Um... This was a shock because we we thought he was going to Indiana. That's where it seemed like things were happening. Um, and I talked about it last last week, saying uh, if someone would offer Gordon Hayward four years and a hundred million, I think he would take it. The Hornets, in order to get him, I think they had to go up a little bit more to one hundred and twenty. This is what they do. They they're not a destination. And uh, you know, Michael Jordan's decided we need a player, a sort of a starish type of player. But he doesn't. He just doesn't move the needle all that much for the Hornets. So um, they are. They they they're going to improve a little bit. But then certainly no closer to being a contender than they were. And uh, and Gordon Hayward, again, there's some questions just about how long he can stay on the floor for as well. He's had a horrible injury, which he came back from. But then he picked up another ankle injury down there in the bubble. He came back from that, but he just wasn't as impactful when he did come back. So he's a good player. $30 million a year for four years is just a lot to pay for him. But if you're the Hornets and he's available and it's like, listen, we have to just pay him that extra $20 million than someone else is going to pay him, they kind of have to do it. They they just have to. Well, they really. also don't have don't to have do it. To. I mean. <laughs> well, they, but they have to to just get a player to convince a player to come there. You know, if if it's like, listen, he's going to Indiana. Listen, well, let's just get him, and so hopefully we can at least get a a veteran, a a, a solid player to add to our roster because that's what we need. I mean, that that's that's the way it is with Charlotte. They they haven't drafted well over the years, and they haven't signed free agents well. And this is this is probably the best free agent they've signed that I can think of anyway, off the top of my head. Uh, in recent history. So that's kind of just where they are as a franchise. What do you think, Trey? Well, like Tass is saying, I don't think they have to sign a free agent. You know, we were they were the number one winner on our show from the Draft Recap podcast for picking up LaMelo. We thought that they were just going to let him go crazy. It was probably going to be an ugly team for a little bit, but at least you were growing there with your star. 
or your future star. Now you're bringing in Gordon Hayward, which I agree for $30 million. It's a ridiculous amount of a contract, but it'll probably be okay for the Hornets for a couple of years because I got a little faith in Hayward as a player. He had a decent season last year, but at his max, he was a 22 per game scorer with the Jazz. Even Mm -hmm. if he gets to that, he's probably not worth $30 million. Plus, you got to factor in the Batum stretch contract thing. So it's more like $39 million. It's a lot of money, and it's going to look worse in years three and four of that contract. They should have just slow played things. I know you want to give LaMelo a little bit of assistance so that he's not coming in there and trying to uh, figure everything out as a rookie. You definitely want a veteran around for that. But uh, it's going to take the ball out of LaMelo Ball's hands. And, you know, it's going to decrease the value of Lee's jersey T-shirt. I just don't think it's uh, I don't think it's worth it. The first thing I thought, though, was, man, Michael Jordan is going to have to sell some shoes. Worldwide Wob had the tweet out. Gordon Hayward, 30 mil a year. Nick Batum, he's going to be 9 million a year, basically, but it adds up to 27. Terry Rozier, 18.9. Cody Zeller, 15.4. That's a lot of Jordan 11s. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And there is the rumor that Terry Rozier goes back in a sign and trade back to Boston for Gordon Hayward, and they can hang on to Batum for the rest of the year and, and not have to stretch it and probably buy him out, and he goes to a, a contender, maybe right. back to. Uh, Gordon Hayward's old Utah Jazz for uh, half a season or something like that. That would be better. But, uh, yeah, that's just a report right now. Look, you said, like, best case scenario or a comparison. Um, I think you're right. It would be Kevin Love. Okay, I get that, Um, which isn't all that great, but I get it. Uh, Then we compared it to the Batum of years ago where he obviously comes for the five years huge contract. That did not go well because they're thinking about now stretching, stretching him to make this happen with Hayward. But the worst worst would be him being Chandler Parsons. And he just never doesn't play all that much. And I think it's in play, like you said, Lee, with the unfortunate injuries that he's had. He is a good guy. He's a good player. Mm. Um, but he's not worth this. And I don't know what the hell the Hornets are doing. Why is Michael Jordan infatuated with Gordon Hayward? Maybe he loves his hair. Maybe that's it. <laughs> he almost beat Duke in the national championship uh, game. So Jordan's trying to sign him every chance he gets. I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Uh, crazy, crazy signing. He was one of the bigger names, of course. But we didn't see it here. I Look, if I'm a Pacers fan or a Knicks fan, I'm pretty happy here today. You didn't sign him. You didn't go to $30 million per year for Gordon Hayward. I know those are not great franchises right now. Pacers, of course, better than the Knicks. But I'd be, I'd be pumped that he's not on our team for that. Because that's locked in for a while. That is not going to be an easy, easy contract move. Unless he plays up to it. Unless he lives up to it. I'm just doubtful. Like it sounds like all of you guys are. Even Lee in his Charlotte shirt and his nice ah, yeah. teal. Yeah, but Lee, you're a big-time Knicks fan. You're also a big-time Hornets fan. Wouldn't you be a little bit happy if you signed maybe the biggest name free agent that's out there? Uh, you mean Hayward to the Knicks? No, I'm just saying Hayward to the Hornets. If you're a Hornets oh. fan, yeah, you're bringing in LaMelo. You got that excitement. But you also did sign the biggest free agent who's out there. You paid him way too much money because that's what you got to do. But yeah. he's going to make the Hornets better. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think he does uh, improve them a little bit, but just not to that point where it's like they're a, they're certainly not a top four seed in the East. They're, they're a playoff contender for sure, especially with there's 10 teams that make it. Yeah. Uh, and, and again, I think Gordon Hayward at his best is a very, very good player, but I just wonder if the best is already behind him, you know, because of the injuries. Right. Yeah. You know, th- that that is possible. And again, I thought that role in Boston for him was perfect where he kind of can play behind some guys and still be an impactful player. But now he goes to Charlotte, and it's like he he probably he'll probably average twenty two to twenty five a game next season, and be a uh, you know be a, a guy who gets the rim, gets a lot of the ball. But it's just I I just don't really see how. I mean, again, I, I think the Hornets knew to get him, they had to spend that extra twenty million that that maybe other teams weren't prepared to spend, and that convinced him. So uh, I don't know. It's just 
Gordon Hayward's one of those players. He was good for a while. He was on the rise, but I, I think we've probably seen the best of him already. And, um, you know, he's just not a, he's not the sort of guy who can really, really take a franchise from one step to the next. It's, it's more just a, a smaller incline with him. That's three guys now, star guys, all stars, whatever you want to call them, in, in Horford and Kyrie and Hayward that have left the Celtics and got nothing in return. Now we're still waiting to see whether it is a sign and trade. Maybe there is something that comes back, but that's pretty wild. Though, in related news, they did sign Tristan Thompson, the Celtics did. Two years, $19 million is the report on that one. Do you like that task of them going to get a big to add to the mix with Hayward now out? Like, like they're fine on the wing. They got their star wing guys. Um, but do you like the Tristan Thompson signing? I definitely do. Uh, last year in the playoffs, Daniel Tice was starting for the Celtics and Ennis Cantor was basically a break glass in case of emergency backup when they were desperate. Tristan Thompson can be a backup and play. And I, and I know Trey wanted to highlight this later on in the show, but Tristan Thompson can play and can play big minutes, and there is no drop-off defensively, really. I know he can't play 40 minutes a game anymore, but the reason why he got a big, fat contract uh, was because he won a championship, and he was very good. And it's an upgrade on Ennis Cantor, and it's it makes them more solid. And, uh, and, and they also upgraded the Brad Wanamaker. So uh, I know, Skeets, you've got to be happy about that. Trey seems happy. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Double cheese, extra cheese, bacon on that pizza. Everybody's happy. <laughs> well, Trey, why don't you talk about got Tristan? $30 million. Daddy's always happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tristan Thompson, we had a question earlier. I think it was during the bubble um, that we saw Dwight Howard was out there dominating for the Lakers. Who's a random guy who had playoff success who might still be able to have playoff success? Mine was Tristan Thompson, so mm-hmm. I'm happy to see him playing in a spot where he's desperately needed. You know, his switchability on defense will be helpful I think and the Celtics always need boards so he's going to help out there as well they don't really necessarily get the rim protection that you would like to see from your center because Tristan Thompson for as athletic as he's been during his career he's lost a little bit of it he was never a great jumper in the first place but I think he'll help he'll likely close games over Daniel Tice but probably not all the time Mm -hmm. nonetheless for two years 19 million I think that's a pretty fair deal there are four guys who got two for 19 this year Montrez Harrell Abaka Tristan Thompson and Derek Jones Jr. I don't know if you think Tristan Thompson's the best one of those. For me, it's probably Ibaka. But two for 19, that's doable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think, yeah. Lili? Yeah, he's. Uh, we sort of just haven't seen him because since LeBron left, the Cavs have stunk. But Tristan's actually had his two best individual seasons in the last two years in terms of stats, but he's been struggling with injuries as well. He's missed a lot of time. He only played 50 games last year and 40 the year before that. So, But uh, he's still young enough, even though he's one of those young old guys. Uh, and and he, we know that he has one very good skill and that's offensive rebounding so you know that's something that is uh, valuable and uh, defensively he's not not terrible either so for the Celtics all he'll be asked to do is basically defend and grab those offensive rebounds when he can and and for two years and 19 million dollars that's that's pretty much a uh, a steal really for what the mm-hmm. Celtics need missing out on Cantor I mean Cantor he's a very good offensive rebound a very good scorer of the ball they're going to miss him so Tristan fills some of that void and probably gives him a little upgrade on defense even though he's probably not as good offensively as Cantor Definitely an upgrade. They, they couldn't play Ennis Cantor. I know he's got the bigger name, and, and Tristan Thompson's become a bit of a Kardashian punchline, but it doesn't matter. They would play uh, Tristan Thompson and trust him defensively. They couldn't play Cantor. He was just there when they got you know really bogged down on def- or offense, I should say. Hey, we need Cantor in there. And he would score, uh, but they couldn't trust him to play defensively. TT can be out there. I, b- I believe in Tristan Thompson. Double T, T-Pot. They had some good nicknames for him in Cleveland. 
And uh, he deserves those nicknames. He was really good. And, and as Lee said, he is a bit of a young old guy. He's he's 29 still. Yeah, I think he's got a couple of years left of being pretty good. He averaged a double-double last year, which is, you know, on the cast. the last two years, I think he, he did. Uh, but yeah. again, he's only played less than 100 games combined in those two seasons. So, you know, but uh, he's we've seen him play in big games and he's been good. He's played a role anyway for the Cavs there. So that's all the Celtics are going to ask him to yeah, do. Yeah, the rebounding should help. I think there's some weird stat where the Celtics haven't had a guy average like double-digit rebounds per game for like a ridiculous amount of years since I forget really? what it goes back to. Yeah, it's like a- Al KG? Jefferson, 2006, yeah, Jefferson. That's according it. to the stream team. Al Jefferson, yeah. also probably the biggest uh, free agent signing in Charlotte history prior <laughs> to Gordon Hayward. This is the Al Jefferson show. Yeah, it's the big <laughs> Al Sunday show. Kevin Garnett never averaged 10 rebounds a game there for the uh, Celtics? I, I guess not. I think it is wow. Jefferson. That's what I saw going around as well. So it, it does seem a little strange. You're right. All right. Well, let's keep it moving here. Let's not get bogged down in L. Jefferson talk. Uh, <laughs> Gordon Hayward, yeah, four $120 million for the Hornets. But another big name, uh, one of the biggest names in free agency, Fred Van Vliet. He re-signs with the Raptors for four years, $85 million. Now the fourth year is a player option. My question, and I'll answer it first, but is does, does it feel, says the guy wearing a Charlotte Hornets jersey, <laughs> uh, does it feel like this is a fair deal for both sides, Van Vliet and for the Raptors? I, I think the answer is yes, because we had been debating how much is he worth, how much is he going to get. But I think... Both the Raptors organization and Van Vliet himself, for always betting on himself, come out pretty damn happy here on the weekend. Uh, it didn't take too long, for one thing. That was good. You know, second day of free agency. But we're getting details with this contract. And it's important, right? Because the Raps still have their eye on 2021 uh, free agency. And that class could be some big names in the mix. You might want a max slot. And they might still get there because... Michael Grange was the first that I saw with the details. He was told that Van Vliet's deal starts at $21.25 million, and then it decreases by 8% in year two um, before ramping up again. So it's going to drop in the summer of 2021. This is how they work this, which will help them, of course, uh, have a little more room, a little more wiggle room with their cap space. So that's great. He's going to earn 21.25 again this year and then 19.55 uh, the next year, and then it will escalate up from there. That's that's just smart. That's just smart, uh, you know, cap work there from the Raptors. And Van Vliet, I mean, he is an awesome story. The guy's getting paid $20 million here. And this guy was undrafted. It's the largest total value for an undrafted player in NBA history, first off. He was making, like, uh, what, guaranteed $50,000, you know, when he was on a two-year deal. Then he signs a two-year $18 million deal. Okay, good money. Um, but he's like, okay. I'm going to get out as soon as I can because I'm going to bet on myself even more. And then here he is with this lucrative four-year $85 million deal. Uh, sets himself up in his family's you know, future for, for generations here with that type of money. So happy for him. Happy for the Raps. And I think it was weird because what started to happen is, like some people are saying the Raptors outbid themselves a little bit. I'm interested to hear what you think, Tass, because as we saw over the last couple of days, like teams that were maybe in play for Van Vliet, you know, started losing their money. They were making other moves. You know, Pistons, they wanted all the centers in the world. And obviously the Suns had moved on or prior to free agency starting and got Chris Paul. And like the Knicks were still in the mix. But there was not a lot of teams where you're like, well, what type of deal are they going to throw at uh, Van Vliet? But I still think it's a pretty fair number here for a guy that when Lowry is not out there is damn good. When Lowry's out there, we know what he can do as well off the ball and his defense. But in like something like 850 minutes when Lowry was on the bench, Van Vliet averaged 22 and 8 per 36 minutes. So 
damn good numbers and the salary is comparable to a Malcolm Brogdon and a and a Rozier even and sort of a Dragic and and your Rubios and Bledsoe. It's in the it's in the ballpark there. So it feels right to me. I'm interested to hear what you think, Tass, with this uh, Van Vliet four for eighty five. I think it's fantastic. I think it's a, a perfect number. Uh, right in his prime here, I don't think he's going to fade away uh, by any means. I think he can be, uh, uh, you know, one of your lead guards. And at that cost, you mentioned the guys that he's getting paid like. I think it's a perfect dollar figure. I think it's totally fine. I think uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, and the fact that he dragged the Toronto Raptors to a championship while Fred Van Vliet was straggling and then got better. Uh, deserves at least like 3% of this contract, <laughs> but uh, Fred Van Vliet can keep the other 97%. I think it's totally, entirely fair. Uh, and uh, when is he going to start putting up some fleets on Twitter? Some Van Fleets. <laughs> Take it off. Or when's he going to go back to Fleet Street? Uh, where Trey Kirby used to live in Toronto. Right. Uh, I, 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 love, I love Fred Van Vliet and... He, I think he earns it. He's not getting paid. He's not getting paid Gordon Hayward money here. You know, it's yeah. a, it's a decent contract. Oh, we thought he might get a lot more. I mean, in this free agency class, Lee, it, we were we were thinking it could be a lot higher than really, you know, twenty twenty one or whatever. I know it bounces around a little bit there, but per year, that's seems reasonable. Raptors are moving forward here with Van Vliet, Siakam, and likely then OG Ananobi, who they still have to you know sign. They're going to depend on when they do that as their foundation, a solid foundation. Uh, you know, are there are there elite players within those three? I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, all star and all NBA from Siakam already. I get that, but uh, it's it's a good core. It's a really good core to then build your team around, especially if you can uh, make a splash in free agency next year. But what do you think? I think four for eighty five is very good price for the Raptors because I'm surprised that someone like the Knicks didn't come in with a hundred million dollar offer for him and really sort of test the Raptors out to see if they would go that far. Uh, because I think he could have gotten that sort of money. He was very, very good for the Raptors in the finals, remember, as well. He was outstanding defensively on Steph Curry. And then, I mean, so good that Hubie Brown even thought he was finals MVP. Mm-hmm. So this guy has performed big time for the Raptors in the playoffs. And uh, I think this was a very, very good uh, contract. And it will just keep the Raptors like they didn't overspend. They spent a, a very good price. So that gives themselves a little bit of flexibility going forward. But a guy who knows the system, they trust, they like each other. I, I think uh, Masai Ujiri did very well. And I think, I honestly think going into that, he probably thought that it was going to cost them a little bit more just because mm-hmm. there is uh, competition and demand for a guy of his services. And some of those teams that are desperate for a player would have spent a little bit more because we see like the Hornets, teams will overspend to get their player. But the Raptors didn't have to do that. So I think everyone will be very, very happy. But a little bit interesting though that Fred said he was going, right said Fred said he was going to meet with all these teams uh, in Chicago yesterday. But this deal came about pretty quickly. So, um, I wonder. I wonder how things went there. Like maybe he he didn't get. Maybe teams just thought he's going back to Toronto, so they didn't pursue him as much as they uh, as they needed to. But yeah, very very happy for the Raptors to get him because it looks like they are going to lose. Well, well, Serge is gone, and, uh, yeah. and now Mark looks like he might. Well, I think they're going to try to get Mark Gasol back, but uh, it looks like they might be without a big man. So uh, Masai is going to have to find uh, some filler there. Yeah, Baca signing with the Clippers, two years, $19 million, second-year team option. We can get to that in a second. But what do you think about Van Vliet and that deal, Trey? I think it's nice. Right said Fred said, I'm too sexy for your other teams, which is why he came back to the Raptors. They probably paid him 
uh, a little more than he's worth, but I think it's going to be worth it because, A, you got the championship out of it. So I never mind giving somebody a little taste for some past performance. I think that's mm. fair. And like you're saying, Skeets, they're setting themselves up to at least have a core that has a championship that has been playing together, that has that continuity yep. that you can say, hey, we just need the star here because they do need the star. Yeah. With Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, OG, that's a core, like you're saying, but they still need that major guy to take him over the top, just like they did with Kawhi back in the day, but for a Brogdon deal, it looked like Malcolm Brogdon was worth it pretty much right away. You're paying Fred Van Vliet about the same as Davis Burton, so I'm happy with that as well. Good deal for the Raptors, great deal for Freddie. Yeah, I do think it's fascinating. Like, you slipped it in there, Tass. It's like, it seems like an even a decent deal if, this is a huge if, if Van Vliet didn't even get better. If he stayed exactly sort of plateau what we see from him right now, which is a great, great player, obviously unbelievable defensive uh, player for especially his size, hit big shots. He, he's just he, he can get better at finishing inside. That's for sure. He struggles inside, but obviously he can hit the three. Takes a lot of them. He's not afraid of the big moment. All those superlatives. Um, but if he doesn't get better, it's still not a bad deal. The whole piece he's going to get better because he's only what twenty six. Um, so he could even hit free agency, uh, you know, with that fourth-year team option. If free agency in like really in his prime at 29, he could have another pay, big, big payday ahead of him. But even if he doesn't, I think it's still a, a pretty damn good deal. I, I think so too. I think this is uh, it's it would be serious gravy if he gets better. I, I think we can. Uh, we, if Raptors fans are uh, looking at Fred's performance the last couple of years and, and they get that the next few years, I think they should be totally content. They're still waiting for Pascal Siakam to take that next step, and they feel like uh, going into the bubble was some unique. There were some unique circumstances. It was his first run as a lead guy. Out of their core, they expect Pascal uh, over Fred VanVleet, I think, uh, over yeah. OG to be the guy. Yeah. And uh, you know, ideally, sure, they pull a disciples of Sam Presti and sees a, a James Harden available hey james harden is available uh to to come on over to get a superstar with those guys but yeah they're they're good and and the front court's just empty um it's it that, that's the scary part is surge going to to los angeles to be a a perfect backup big there and marcus soul likely leaving um uh, i'd guess uh yeah it's uh that's a different team uh, with no with no bigs it's if chris boucher is man in the front court there yeah, this is tough. Yeah, what'd you think, Lee, of Ibaka? Uh, I don't know when you saw it, if you stayed up late last night or you woke up to it this morning, but Ibaka, like I said, two years, $19 million. He's one of those guys getting that deal. Going to the Clippers. It's a big loss for the Raptors. As great as Van Vliet's been for them, Ibaka's been huge in playoff in playoff games and series for him. Yeah, he had a, an interesting career there in Toronto because there were times where it was like Serge looked old and slow and other times he was really, really good for them. And they're, they're going to miss him now because uh, his three-point shooting improved. He was able to spread the floor. And he's good defensively. And it just leaves such a big hole for them now that, that may not be filled by Marcus Ole either. So they are definitely going to miss him. Two years, $19 million, not a huge uh, contract either. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly where the Raptors cap situation is right now, but uh, I, I kind of would have thought they would have tried to hang on to him knowing that, that Marcus Ole is likely gone. But... Uh, yeah, big blow. He he's uh, he was a very very instrumental player for them, and uh, you know be, he grew into his role. I think in Toronto, like I say, a little bit uh, up and down at the start, but at the end of his career in Toronto, very very important player for that team, and they are going to miss him badly. Maybe Nurse will just lean into playing Siakam at the five. Just get funky with it. Forget about the big <laughs> <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> hey, I wouldn't put it past Nurse, but uh, yeah, there's no guys outside. We're waiting on Marcus Sol. See what he does. But what do you think, Trey? 
Uh, I love it. I think the Clippers have now had a good free agency just by bringing in Serge Ibaka. They basically, to me, are upgrading from Montrez Harrell. You know, Harrell certainly was the sixth man of the year. Great chemistry alongside Lou Williams, pick and roll partner. But the step back you're going to take offensively with Serge Ibaka, you're going to be able to take a step forward defensively. I think he's going to be closing games for the Clippers. Uh, Does he totally give you a LeBron or Anthony Davis stopper? Certainly not, but he's got some championship experience. He's been playing in big games for basically a decade. Yeah. Give me Serge Ibaka. That's a great signing for the Clippers. And he's, he is 30, although he seems like he's 35. Uh, he's he been around forever. Yeah, he has been around forever because he's, we knew, but he's 31. He's 31, my mistake, uh, that he was, you know, with those OKC guys. He's going to give that, that Clippers locker room back with Kawhi Leonard again, a little bit of a jolt. You know, he is a positive guy. He's mm-hmm. a, a good rah-rah type guy. And, and yeah, you, you hope he comes off the bench behind Zubats and doesn't play a ton of minutes. So he's fresh for the playoffs when he's got that, that finger to wag. Keep that finger fresh uh, when he's blocking shots down there. He's going to be doing that for, for the Clippers. I, I agree. It, it is an upgrade. They, they got better. And what do you think of the Raptors' chances of keeping a Marcus Altas? Um, because there's Lakers rumors being thrown around and a few other teams in the mix. Um, but, you know, losing out on Ibaka, there is money for the Raps to still try and convince them to stick around for at least one more year. And then, of course, he maybe just says, screw it, I want to go back to Spain. So what do you I think? I think he's going back to Spain. You still His Garden that, is yeah? in Spain. He's part of the Garden gang. I, I'm, I'm just guessing. But he's got his own team that he owns there. Why wouldn't he go play there? Man is Garden. He loves... He loves eating what he grows. I just don't see him going to Tampa. I don't see him. I, I, I just, I mean, it is a weird move for Serge. If it feels like as well, winning a championship, then go and join uh, the Clippers. I just, I don't see Mark doing the same thing. He's obviously five, at least four years older. Uh, so I think he's gone, but I don't know. I mean, that's, that's just me being stubborn. The first rumor I heard was that he's going to Spain, so I'm sticking with it. <laughs> right, I just, right. I just, this, this L.A. thing, I I mean, they need a backup big. That's that's totally true. They need another guy with Dwight Howard gone. Uh, they have Montrezl Harrell now, which is still weird. I still can't believe he jumped the hallway <laughs> to go to uh, the Lakers. But I, I, I don't know. I think that's. Uh, I think now this year is going to be the year we say the Lakers front court, you know, besides... Uh, Anthony Davis, oh yeah, he's pretty good, uh, is a little thin like that. The, we said about the Clippers last year uh, because, you know, Dwight helped out uh, and now it's it's Montrez. So I don't know. Do you guys think Marcus Sol in L.A.? It's just, I don't know. It's not it's not hitting me right now. Well, Maybe the Warriors, according to Woj as that's well. That's true too. They're yeah. interested. It could be California. You can grow a lot of produce in California, hmm. as people say. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card been doing a bunch of retirement planning stuff lately so i've had documents flying in and out the mailbox a lot of signatures both analog and digital a lot of phone calls a lot of stamps got to get my long-term future straight yeah let me tell you skeets the things we build our future around are the things worth protecting making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones watch your assets 
With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash nodunks for 10% off plus free document shipping. Trust & Will's website is simple to use and the process is straightforward. In no time, you'll have peace of mind that your assets and wishes are secure with easy access and control of your estate planning. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs, whether it be care wishes, nomination guardians, final arrangements, or power of attorney. It's easy to ensure your family and loved ones avoid lengthy, expensive legal proceedings or the state deciding what happens to your assets. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust and Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash nodunks. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash nodunks. So the Lakers guards, let's talk about them. You know, they're waiting to find out whether they get Marcus Hall, but they made some moves yesterday. They re-signed Contavious Caldwell-Pope. Three years, $40 million, but they lost two other guards. So Rondo signed with the Hawks, two years, $15 million, and Avery Bradley signed with the Heat for two years, $11.6 million, second-year team option on that. So they lose a couple guys, but they keep KCP. Uh, Rich Paul gets paid, gets his guys paid. But my question, Lee, why don't you get started? Did the Lakers overpay here for uh, Caldwell Pope? What do you think? Uh, this year, no, I don't think they did. In years gone by, I think they have overpaid for him. But I think he actually had his best season with the Lakers that, that he's coming off right now, even though his numbers were a little bit lower than he had put up before. I just thought in the playoffs, it was much better hitting those threes, playing that defense. And he got a Dwayne Dedman contract out of it. So uh, I think that's, I mean, <laughs> Dude, when you're you, getting a Dedman. I mean, if you're getting paid Dwayne Dedman money, you're, you're almost being underpaid, really, if you're, a, 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 you know, KCP. So, right. you know, when he was getting 80 million for one season, when he was getting 12 million on top of that, and he was brutal, I thought, uh, he actually this year grew into that role a lot better and, and was an important part of the, what the Lakers are doing. He actually hit some of those shots in the playoffs, those big shots that they'd given him in the past, but he hadn't been able to make them, and uh, this year he was. So I think it's, a, a again, with what guys are getting paid, $13 million a year for KCP on that on a championship team, I think it's pretty good. He plays that role well uh, and understands exactly what's expected of him. So, you know, defensively, they know they've got a guy who can go out there and, and guard the other team's, you know, shooting guard or point guard, be that guy. And then he just sits in the corner. It's the Bruce Bowen role, you know, hit those threes, and uh, that's what KCP does. So I think this is a decent contract. Fair. Yeah, some people think maybe they did just because they may have handcuffed themselves because they have four roster spots still open to fill. And really, they have, I think, just the vet minimum that to play around with. But you're a championship team and people ring chase, and I'm sure you can get guys to come play with LeBron. But what do you think? Trey, I'll go to you next. Three years, 40 for KCP. Seem fair? Yeah, I think it seems fair. He's getting a little bit of a title bump. He's getting a little bit of a clutch bump. And like you're saying, Skeets, with uh, the way the exceptions worked out, He's getting paid a little bit more than he probably would have been had the Lakers not gone after Montrez Harrell. But still, it's basically 13 mil for a quality wing who proved it during the finals. Yeah. I think that that alone makes it a worthwhile deal for KCP. Not to mention, you're keeping the clutch group happy. I think it, all things considered, it's fine. If you would have asked me after we had KCP with what we called the worst wedgie of all time during the regular season, I would say, no, this is certainly an overpay once again. But he showed up in the finals, made important shots, played some great defense, and got a title out of it. So, yeah, $13 million for a starter, that's easy. Tass, what do you think of the Lakers' moves here? I love the KCP move. He deserved He was their third best player 
in the playoffs. He hit the most threes on their team throughout the playoffs, which is bonkers. Mm. He got help that Avery Bradley going into the bubble said, no, I'm not going to not going to attend. Uh, and so KCP was a spot starter during the, uh, the, the regular season, then became their guy. Uh, yeah, so it also helped that Danny Green was gone. As you said, Danny Green uh, traded away. They needed him. But KCP earned it, and uh, that number is, is totally fine. I mentioned Avery Bradley. That one's unique. He wins the championship with the Lakers, although he wasn't in the bubble, and he goes to the team that they beat, to the <laughs> Miami Heat. It's like the anti-Kevin Durant. It's like the opposite, going uh, going to that team. So that, that's an interesting one. It feels like Avery Bradley's going to fit in pretty well there in Miami with the, the culture that we always talk about. But uh, here... I mean, you needed to sign KCP. Him and Wesley Matthews uh, will sort of be the same guy, but uh, I, I think he he deserved every single penny that Clutch earned for him uh, this these last few years. Let's get to the Bucks here. They had an updated deal yesterday. Pat Connaughton actually re-signed with them for three years, sixteen million dollars. It was reported, I think, like two and eight or something like that prior, but he got more money. Three years, sixteen million dollars. They also signed DJ Augustine. Uh, for three years, $21 million. Not a bad little payday for him coming out of the Magic. Bobby Portis, OG Bobby Portis and his crazy eyes, signs with the Bucks two years. Uh, Second-year player option for him. And they also agreed to a reported two-way deal with Jalen Adams, who finished second in G League MVP voting last season for their G League team. So Bucks making some moves here after the whole Bogdanovich dilemma and screw-up and all that. How would you grade the Bucks offseason so far when we include, of course, Drew Holiday and that big trade? Trey, what do you think? I'm giving them a triple B, Skeets, because the Bucks be botching. They blew it with Bogdan Bogdanovich. They tried to save it when they brought in Bobby Bordas and BJ Bogostine. Honestly, it's a little embarrassing for the Bucks the way that this offseason has gone so far. We don't exactly know what went down with the Bogdanovich situation. Right. Uh, we don't know if it was the Kings who never approached him, if it was the Bucks who never approached him, but they got a lot of praise for bringing in him, bringing in him and Drew Holiday, only to find out you're not going to be getting bogged down as well. You're ridiculed league wide, and it looks bad. Now they've low key botched this Pat Connaughton thing, but they're not going to get blasted because ultimately they kept the guy. But basically, what they did, they offered Pat Connaughton a contract that doesn't exist in the NBA collective bargaining agreement. There's a great da- breakdown of it by John Hollinger. You can subscribe to The Athletic at theathletic.com slash no dunks. All you really need to know, though, is that the headline for it was Bucks score another salary cap own goal. That's not what you want to <laughs> see when they're recapping your free agency moves. You know, bringing in Bogdanovich would have been huge. Now they're running it back with Pat Connaughton and a guy who couldn't stick with a terrible Bulls team. That being said, they did get Drew Holiday. That's big. They could set their sights a little higher, I think. On the star meter, if you were willing to pat uh, to part with a Chris Middleton, maybe you get something more than a fringe all-star to put next to Giannis. But they still did get Drew Holiday. If it was Drew and Bogdan Bogdan, I'm talking a B plus. But right. now that they've botched it with him and they brought in a couple of guys who I don't really think moved the needle much, I'm going more with a B minus. Okay, a B minus. Uh, what do you what do you think, Lee? You're nodding your head. You agree? I think right now, B-minus is fine. If Giannis signs his extension, of course, it goes up to A. If he doesn't, then it drops to a C. I think that's ultimately what it comes <laughs> sure. down to here yeah. with Milwaukee. Is all, all these other little moves and, and missing out on Bogdan is a big blow to them. All these other little ones don't really matter in the grand scheme of things if Giannis chooses to sign. It's like, okay, fine. We, we lock him in so then they can move forward. But if he decides, you know what? Things didn't quite work out this way. I'm just going to hold off until the end of next season or start of next season. 
then that's that's when the Bucks really have to panic because uh, if they blow it and Giannis walks, then they're in real trouble there. So I think um, you know they're trying to save face a little bit here and, and, and keeping Pat Connaughton, who's a you know he's a decent role player on that team. He fits what they kind of need from him, but uh, ultimately it comes down to the to landing the big fish, and we should find out. Uh, I guess uh, I guess they can offer that to him any any time now. Um, I believe. Um, and that's really what it's going to come down to. Does Giannis grab that contract, that five years and around $220 million and say, yep, I'm here? Or does he say, need another year to sort of see if this thing works out? Because that contract will be there anytime he wants it uh, next season. But uh, maybe he just has like lose, lost a little bit of faith in the front office because they didn't quite get things right. Even though Giannis was apparently helping them to recruit Bogdan and he thought he, thought he was coming. So... Hmm. Not sure exactly what's going to happen there, but uh, I think my, my prediction is that Giannis does not sign it. That's what I think. I think he holds off. I should have added to the mix here too. Robin Lopez is leaving the Bucks. He signed mm. a deal with the Wizards. Tass, how would you grade the Bucks offseason after this Bogdanovich thing? I think it's even. They got rid of one crazy eyes in Robin Lopez, and they bring in Bobby Portis. Uh, <laughs> it's perfect, perfect offseason. I think they are better uh, with Drew Holiday being able to close games or, you know, rather than Eric Bledsoe. Right. They really didn't have anybody outside their big three that they knew that was closing games. Weston Matthews probably should have done that more. But now they have Drew Holiday, so I think they're better, although they, they definitely botched in the uh, in the front office. I mean, that's that's just a matter of fact, and that's just the Do way. the Bucks need to go and take a serious look at Danny LaRue? <laughs> <laughs> I like like a run on Danny? <laughs> a Pelton, a Hollinger, a LaRue? Some, get somebody in there that knows what they're doing. It could have been better. It could have been better. So, yeah, they they definitely messed that up. Uh, You know, DJ Augustine could be the the guy who's closing games with their their new big four as their fifth guy. He could Uh, be. I actually, I like DJ Augustine. I like him as a backup guard on a championship contending team for sure. But I was a little surprised how much he got. I'll be honest. That was a, that's seven million per year for three years is not, not a bad little deal for him. But it's a DJ Augustine we're talking about. Yeah. Well, know, that's yeah. how. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. They they really they don't have depth. So DJ yeah. Augustine, he jumps that meter. He jumps in in line there on their pecking order. Uh, he's he's gonna be a guy who plays coming down the stretch of games. Uh, he's he's good at end of games. He is almost kind of filling that Brogdon role uh, there a little bit. You know, like good. he he, good. he can hit big shots. He he doesn't make bad decisions with the ball. He's obviously not a twenty five point per game guy, but you can trust him at end of games, and I yeah. think that's important. Yeah, uh, it is funny because like the Bucks, we used to get on Bud because he just played all of his guys too many damn minutes. Now they're pretty well; they're much more shallow. It feels like so maybe this is a good thing. Maybe he is forced to just play his <laughs> best players a whole lot more, including Giannis. Just play him, uh, you know, forty-four minutes per game when you get into a uh, postseason game. So maybe maybe this works out for them. They just traded away all their depth, so he has to play these guys because they don't have anyone left. Yeah. All right, let's hear from you guys uh, out there in the stream team, and of course, listening later. Let us know on Twitter at No Dunk Sync. Answers to all these questions, but how would you grade the Bucks offseason so far? Uh, you giving it a B minus, a C, or are you waiting to see whether Giannis sides the uh, Supermax, like Lee said? All right, a few more questions, guys, uh, just to sort of touch on a lot of the, uh, I guess call more minor deals from Saturday, day two of free agency. We had some vets returning to their teams. Carmelo Anthony re-signs with the Blazers for one year. Paul Millsap re-signs with the Nuggets for one year, $10 million dollars. And J.J. Barea, I wanted to slip him in there for you, Lily. He re-signs with the Mavericks. <laughs> mm. And uh, on day one, Haslam re-signed with the Heat. But 
Trey, were you surprised by any of these deals? These vet guys going back to their teams? I know the we- it's a weird one saying Melo going back to his <laughs> team, the Blazers, but he did play there and he played all right. What do you think? I'm shocked by Udonis Haslam going back to the Miami <laughs> Heat. I thought this was the year. I thought this was the year he was going to try somewhere else. But uh, no, this is impossible to be shocked by any of these deals. You mentioned Berea. That's very funny to me. Lee got J.J. Berea's Maverick shorts like a decade ago, and they're both still wearing them. They're going to both be wearing them as long as they're playing basketball. Basketball, I do think. Uh, Paul Millsap, I think, you know, he became cheap when he struggled during yes. the playoffs. And yep. then he became very important for the Nuggets to have back once Jeremy Grant uh, left for the Pistons. He's your fifth or sixth starter, depending on what they want for their lineups. But for the Nuggets, it's all about Michael Porter Jr.'s development. So if they're going to be rolling him out at the four, maybe you're more comfortable closing games with Millsap. I guess the biggest surprise, the still a tiny surprise, is that Melo seem to have basically no interest in chasing a title or going back to the Knicks, but he's happy to come back to the Blazers on a team where his role will likely be decreasing. You know, they signed him almost as an emergency player last year Yeah. after Zach Collins got hurt and after they had, uh, they had to try guarding LeBron James with Mario Hazonia. It didn't work, so they brought in Melo, and he seemed pretty happy there in Portland. It looks like the team likes him. He's showing a little bit of loyalty there. The Blazers should be a better team this year than they were last year, assuming everybody stays healthy. You know, Gary Trent looks like he's a real player. Looks like we're going to get a little less mellow uh, amongst the Portland Trail Blazers, but I'm happy to see him back there. Yeah. What do you think, Tass? Any of these uh, shock you, or did you want to talk uh, specifically about mellow going to Portland or going back to Portland? Yeah, I'm excited for the Blazers team. Uh, you know, the Robert Covington move we talked about a, a little bit is is sort of sneaky under the radar because Robert Covington doesn't get a lot of headlines, but him slipping in that small forward spot is going to be great. And it probably will take some minutes away from Carmelo Anthony, who I'm, I, I'm just admiring the discipline of the New York Knicks front office. They don't go and say, hey, Melo, come on back. We missed you, man. Come on back for a nice big contract. They're just so disciplined over there. They've signed Alfred Payton for five mil. They've signed Nerlens Noel for five mil, and that's it. They're just chilling over there. Who are these guys? Uh, who are they? I don't. I don't recognize these Knicks. Uh, but the Blazers. Yeah, I'm. I'm just pumped to see uh, their their top to bottom lineup with Enes Kanter also in the mix there. Uh, yeah, Melo. I hope he's happy. I hope he's happy with a, a little bit of reduced shot distribution, probably. But. Uh, He'll still find a way. He'll still get those shots up. He he says uh, a big part of the reason he's going back to Portland is because they were so upfront with him. Like when he was deciding whether or not he was going to come back to the league and play, and they were like, "This is your role, man. We need you to fill this." But that's funny because yeah, has the role changed because they've brought in other players? And he see, I guess he's going to be okay with that. You would assume they've been still upfront with him, and he's uh. He likes playing in Portland, likes playing with Damian Lillard and McCollum, and uh, he can still uh, contribute. I think he can, too. Um, maybe less mellow is better mellow, right, uh, in, in sort of spot situations. Lee, anything to add with those three guys? Well, just with uh, J.J. Barea, the shorts uh, situation, I remember when I got those, it was game two of the 2011 finals. Uh, my dear friend Simon, rest in yes. peace, he's no longer with us. He, he, brought, he said, uh, we met down at Real Sports in Toronto, and he said, I've got a little uh, present for you. And I was like, oh, great. And, I, and uh, we met up in the bar and he pulled out a pair of J.J. Barea's Dallas Mavericks shorts. <laughs> that's, that's very random. <laughs> very random. I still got them. They're great shorts. And uh, yeah, These are authentic uh, NBA shorts. These yeah. are the ones that J.J. Barea wore at some point. But, uh, <laughs> cool. I guess J.J. Barea is probably going to just be like the Udonis Haslam of the Mavericks and just keep signing those yes. one-year deals. Yeah. Just, just, they don't it's really like a player play. coach. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. 
So, uh, but but he's he's much loved down there in Dallas as well, of course, Barrera in in the same way. So I think uh, he's got a contract there for as long as he wants one. Yeah. Selling a little. Yeah. Cha-ching. Or a lot. <laughs> Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling savory sausages or offering ostentatious oddities, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And you can sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. No matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the United States, and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way, because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash nodunks, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash no dunks now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash no dunks. All right. Other signings from, again, Saturday, day two. I'll, I'll run through a couple of them and you guys can tell me your favorite one. So Jay Crowder signed with the Suns for three years, $30 million. Mo Harkless signed with the Heat for one year, $3.6 million. That's the biannual exception. Chris Dunn signed with the Hawks for two years, $10 million, second-year player option. You said the two Knicks signings there, Tass, Alfred Payton and Nerlens Noel, both one year, $5 million. Brad Wanamaker... Oh, Brad Wanamaker. <laughs> he is out of the Eastern Conference. I'm pumped as a Raptors fan. He signed with the Warriors for one year, $2.25 million. De'Anthony Melton re-signed with the Grizzlies for four years, $35 million. Javon Carter re-signed with the Suns, three years, $11.5 million. And a uh, couple other ones. I won't go through them all. But Jeff Green signed with the Nets. He is going to Brooklyn, Vets minimum. And Jeff Teague signed with the Celtics, also for the Vets minimum. And there's other ones. But again... Task, get us started. Of those I mentioned, or maybe one I didn't even, what was your favorite deal uh, from day two of free agency? Minor deal, at least. Well, let's talk about the Miami Heat. The NBA finalist Miami Heat had Jay Crowder starting throughout the postseason, but now he's going to Phoenix, and Mo Harkless could be the guy who takes his spot for only $3.6 million. If we're in the playoffs next season and Mo Harkless is playing a key role, which he could, he played pretty well as a starter for the conference finalist Portland Trailblazers in, in 2019. I'm going to be angry. I just it's just one of those it's one of those perfect signings. He could fit Jay Crowder's role who uh he could fit really well who kind of outpriced himself uh going to Phoenix, but I, I love what Phoenix is doing there with Jay Crowder and re-signing uh Javon Carter. They they look like a squad now. Uh mm-hmm. but Mo Harkless is is just perfect. That guy left uh is a little too much for us because you know we are a championship team here. We're paying a lot of other guys. Uh, but you want to come in here for three and a half mil? Wow. And they get Avery Bradley as well. Their roster just looking real strong there in Miami. Oh, yeah. And they did all of this, again, without handicapping themselves for 
the 2021 class, right? With those three, like Drogic, Myers Leonard, and Avery Bradley, and then of course Harkless is only a one-year deal. Th- those those three previous guys I mentioned are all uh, second year or team option second year. So yeah, they they they're going to be good still. Brought in all these pieces and didn't you know handcuff themselves for uh, uh, the possibility of a big name coming into play in that free agency of 2021. Trey, you already talked a little bit about like Tristan Thompson and the Celtics. Is that uh, one of your favorite deals there? You think he can help? I did. I did like that deal, but I don't have two Tristan Thompson takes in me, so I'm going to have to <laughs> play Pedro Martinez here and hit you with a changeup. I do like the Jay Crowder deal for the Suns. I think he's going to be a huge help for them. I don't know if he's going to shoot as well as he did in the bubble. If you're able to combine the bubble Suns with bubble Jay Crowder, you might be the best team in the league right there, but at least very du- he is going to at the least give them another option for a small ball for. He's kind of a a player type that the Suns don't really have yet in that he's a very strong guy. He'll be able to take bumps a little bit more than maybe a Mikhail Bridges or a Cam Johnson would. It's just another defender who theoretically should be able to shoot the ball pretty well coming off uh, kickoffs, kickouts from maybe Devin Booker or Chris Paul. There's going to be three-pointers to take. Hopefully Jay Crowder is able to make him. Pretty good get, I think, for the Suns. Jay Crowder is one of those guys who helps um, teams on the verge become good teams. I don't know if he takes a good team to a great team, but right now the Suns aren't there. He will help them for their playoff push. Yeah, Suns, I mean, the, the moves they've made, obviously with the big Chris Paul deal, like they they got to be in the playoffs. <laughs> like This is a playoff team. I, I love what they have there. And that's with Booker going to the next level too, which you would think would happen. So I, I like that one as well, Crowder coming in there. Uh, and I love Javon Carter too as a sort of a backup guard. The guy's a bulldog, man. That guy's a good defensive player. He's sort of in the vein of Van Vliet that way. Uh, Lee, what do you have for a minor deal that you liked? Jeff Green just keeps on keeping on. Ah, uh, yeah, maybe his ninth <laughs> team, I think, in seven I, years. I think yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's only thirty-three too, Jeff Green. So I can see him. He, he could maybe do fifty percent of the league by the time his career is done. He can join sure. that many teams. Uh, but you know, you go back to a couple of those games against OKC. He had twenty-two points twice. He hit six threes. You know, like that's what Jeff Green does. He just does enough for someone to think maybe maybe he can still contribute in the NBA. But actually joining up with Kevin Durant again might be good for him as well because I think if you look back over Jeff Green's career, his best year was probably like his second or third year there in OKC with Kevin Durant. So will that make have any impact on him? Maybe, maybe not. But Jeff Green can hit those three-pointers. That's all he really needs to do. He'll have a couple of games where he goes for 25 points and then he'll probably have 10 games where he scores less than five points and you wonder how he sort of hangs on to a team, but uh, he just does just enough to have everyone sort of think, maybe this guy is still a legit NBA player. So good to see him in the league still. Is Jeff Green going to play center for the Brooklyn Nets like he did at times for the Rockets? <laughs> I mean, sure, sure. Why not? <laughs> Why not? That's how he may, may stay out on the floor there. But, uh, you know, he'll have a couple of explosive dunks as well. And he'll, he'll have his moments. That's what he does. He has his moments. For sure. And, uh, and by all and accounts, he's like the best guy ever. Yeah. Right? I mean... Everybody loves Jeff Green. They, like, want him on their team. They want him in the locker room. He's such a professional. I guess he's a great hang. I don't know. <laughs> but they do. They love Jeff Green. There's a reason. I think, I, think they need, I think they need a guy like that in the locker room, too. I know they have a, a, those type of guys on the coaching staff, but I think it's, it's yeah. good to have one of those dudes, you know, amongst uh, KD and Kyrie. Yeah, for, for sure. I, I think it's a nice little fit. Team number 10 for Jeff Green. Uh, but I like it. 
team number 10. He played on the Sonics, right, with Kevin Durant. Yes, he did. His yeah. first season. I think only the first season. And then he... Uh, oh, did anyone want to have a quick trivia if you can name Jeff Team, Jeff Green? <laughs> oh, Jeff Teams? Jeff Teams. <laughs> wow. Him and KD are the only guys left in the league that played on the Seattle Supersonics, right? Yes. So, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, we're, so we're counting the Sonics. Yes. Okay. Oh, okay so then we're Thunder. He played, on the, he played on the Wizards. He played on the Celtics. Wizards, Celtics, yes. Rockets. Rockets. Rockets, yes. Of Cavs. Jazz. Yes. Magic. Jazz. Magic, yes. Grizzlies. Grizzlies. Yep. I think that's... I don't wow. know if you said Clippers? one more team. Yes, he played for the Clippers, yes. Nice. <laughs> First round draft victory. Is there one more team left? I, did you say Washington? I'm not sure. I did. Yeah. Wizards. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's all. That's all. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. Do we know Jeff Green or do we know Jeff Green, baby? <laughs> and, and he missed an entire season due to a heart condition he had yeah. when he was only 25. So, uh, you know, good on him for being able to bounce back from something like that. All right. So you're going Jeff Green, going to Brooklyn. I'll uh, finish this off here. I'm interested to hear your take, Trey. Uh, Chris Nunn. Chris Dunn, excuse me. <laughs> Chris Nunn. No, he's more than that. Uh, Chris Dunn, he got actually $10 million uh, from the Hawks. I think this makes sense. Like, the Rondo and him, they had money, first off, and they still have enough money to make a move at Bogdanovich. Like, they, I think it's still in play that they could throw, like, something like, uh, I think it's like 18 or $19 million mm. they could offer him, and then you can see what the Kings do, whether they match. But anyway... I like these two guys coming in here. Uh, defensive guys, of course. And who knows with Rondo? I mean, if you make the playoffs, then you're laughing because you get playoff Rondo. But Chris Dunn, um, he's damn good on that end of the floor. And he's not that old. He sort of fits the timeline a little bit here uh, for the Hawks. And you just need some defensive players. Like, he's not going to be a star by any means, uh, even though he was a high draft pick. I think we all know that now. That doesn't mean he can't carve out a long NBA career, uh, especially bringing it on, to, on the defensive end. So, what, I know mean, he played for your Bulls, Trey. Like, what did you think about the Hawks picking him up here in free agency? Well, I think you're exactly right with what you called him, Skeets. On defense, he's Chris Dunn. On offense, he's Chris Nunn. You're not going to be getting me to give a good review on any Bulls player who played from 2017 (laughs) onwards. This guy stinks on offense. He's as bad on offense as he is on defense, but he's going to likely be the third point guard for Atlanta. They'll throw him in to guard people when it's absolutely necessary. And they need it. They've got mostly offensive players on that team. So somebody who actually cares about defense will certainly help the Hawks. But uh, you shouldn't expect a whole bunch from Chris. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that fair, though. But you can see you can squint and see him sort of working if he's out there, even uh, as a second guard with Trey Young, who doesn't I mean, I care can't. about defense. I honestly can't, can't because but... that's exactly what the Bulls had with Chris Dunn. They couldn't play him at guard. They had to play him at backup small forward. And yes, he was a good defender as a backup small forward, yeah. but he's way quicker than everybody he's guarding because he's a backup small forward who's actually a point guard. Um, (laughs) But yeah, they also got Rondo, who is great in national TV games and the playoffs. Let's see how that works out. Yeah, I know. That that one is interesting. He got paid too. I mean, 15 million, not bad for Rondo as he gets up there in age and was... Not making nearly that for the last couple. So, uh, yeah, the Hawks are bringing in some guys that actually give a... Give a damn every once in a while about the defense. So that may, maybe helps. Them. Every once in a while. That's what you want. Hey, well, play defense I mean, once run. every four games. That's great. Dunn done cares. But uh, I don't mind. I don't mind. Look, again, as long as it doesn't take him out of the Bogdanovich running here, which it really doesn't, and I think that's what it would cost to get him if they're going to make a move on him, then I then I don't mind it because they, they have the money. they got to give it to somebody here. And Have you seen the, left, the rest of the names in free agency out there? There's not a whole lot. Uh, you know, we're still waiting on Anthony Davis. He's going to Lakers. Brandon Ingram, I don't think he's leaving New Orleans. And then what is there, guys? It's like Marcus Gasol, as we talked about. Um, Harry Giles. Uh, oh, yeah. Somebody's got to take a chance on Harry Giles. I'm still a believer. Wow, yeah. Uh, Reggie Jackson, I think, is still a free agent. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a Morris twin that I think is still available. 
but there's not a lot to ask. Is there anyone else I'm forgetting? No, yeah, Markeith Morris. I'm looking forward to some Harry Styles, Harry Giles split right. screens when that happens. And Lee Ellis, let's get him Oh, yeah, Lee, already. yeah, still, still a free agent. Uh, any, so, yeah, the any G nibbles? League might not happen, so that sucks. That <laughs> sucks for Lee Ellis. But. Yeah, nah, nothing yet so far, but still it's early. There's a few days to go, you know. We'll I, see. Th- I could see the Knicks offering you a one-year $5 million deal. <laughs> right now, yeah. I mean, geez. <laughs> Who did you say? You said Nerlens Noel and uh, Alfred, Alfred Payton. Oh, and that's it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. didn't Larry Johnson go from the Hornets to is the Knicks? Is that not better than giving Gordon Hayward $120 million for four? I think it is, uh, man. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It just, uh, oh, man. It just Like, they they brought in Steve Stout and... Uh, and uh, who else? Was, uh, Maverick Leon Carter's Rose, there too, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, Leon yeah. Rose, of course. And they haven't even—I mean, they haven't even been rumored really to to get anyone close, have they? Really? I, I don't think so. I can't think of anyone who was like maybe going to the Knicks. So that's pretty bad. Not really as a free agent. I mean, they've been in the they've been in the Knicks mix for Westbrook, obviously. Oh, well, it seems yeah. like they'll probably somehow accidentally get John Wall because <laughs> yeah. that'd be the the Knicks plan of getting Westbrook, but. I don't know. They're slow playing it here. You know, if yeah. uh, if they threw the bag at Fred Van Vliet that the Hornets did at Gordon Hayward, the Knicks are getting crushed today. Probably. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I think that if it was if, that much. Yes. Yeah. It, four I mean, for, if, if, if it was 485, maybe not. But yeah, I agree. But if they get John Wall uh, and give up some of their future for him, they'll get crushed for that, too. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> you know, and same they're with slow Westbrook. playing it right now. They're doing yeah. all right. They're doing all right. Yeah, the they, Knicks they, are just going to be bad. They're just going to be bad. Maybe they'll get the number one pick. That's cool. Well, that's something they're good at, being bad. So like... <laughs> yeah, maybe that's their their galaxy brain thinking is like, everybody thinks we're just going to be bad again, but we're actually going to be good now. That's mm. a, it's just going to happen that they're going to somehow be good because well, everybody yeah. just expects them to be bad. I guess the fans won't be booing them in the arena for a year, so they can uh, they can at least live off of that and be like, listen, we're going to be bad anyway. Who cares? So Yeah. All right. Anything else to add, guys, here on a Sunday recapping day two of free agency? Was there any deals that you wanted to really address or, uh, you know, waiting to hear, like I said, Bogdanovich? Any predictions, Tass, on what happens with this guy? Do you think it is the Hawks? you Vince Carter right? Is that going to be enough to get him? I think so. Yeah. They have a lot a lot of coin, as you said. Yeah. Uh, whatever that number works out to be in the high teens. Uh, Bogey is, he's coveted. And... Uh, I just wonder what it does for the Hawks. Uh, obviously, I, I know a lot of people outside Atlanta don't have any faith in, in the, the Kevin Herter, Cam Reddish, DeAndre Hunter triumvirate, but uh, why not? I, I, why not have a little faith in those guys? I just wonder what it does to those guys if you bring Bogey in, plus Gallinari, plus John Collins. Uh, but hey, uh, I'm just a Hawks believer here, so uh, don't mind me. Uh, yeah. I'll, like, if listen, they, if they get bog they would have a lot of like decent players. Like, mm. would feel like like almost too many, maybe. But exactly, they're so bad that you need a bunch of good, even decent players, and maybe you can actually get some W's and get into the playoffs. All right, well, let's call it there. Nice to do back to back classics on the weekend, guys. Uh, appreciate you, JD, for jumping on here on Saturday and Sunday for knocking out these free agency podcasts. Let us know what you think about all the questions I threw at these guys. Um, like I said, you can email us, nodunksattheathletic.com. You can tweet at us, at nodunksinc. Shout out to the stream team for joining us. Did great numbers on Saturday. I don't know how we did on Sunday. Maybe they dipped a little bit, but uh, nice Not interest in free agency. Not too bad. Well, thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, again, beach stepping coming up probably next week. 
We'll likely not have a podcast on Monday unless there's a big trade, unless there's a John Wall or a Westbrook or a Harden, because like we said, there's not a lot of guys left in free agency. I don't think uh, Bogdanovich is going to you know, warrant his own Monday podcast. But if something crazy happens, we'll jump on Monday or Tuesday and, and, and we'll have a fun beach step in uh, a little bit earlier in the week because it's Thanksgiving down here in the States later in the week. So subscribe to No Dunks wherever you listen to us. Tell your friends. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit the notification button so you know when we're going live. And we appreciate you all. Clipper bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, you can call No Dunks a bunch of jacks because we're always going back to backs. Embrace the weekend, people. You could stay. baseball fans this is Derek Van Riper now that spring training games are underway opening day is just a few weeks away Eno Saris and I have been getting ready for the season all winter on rates and barrels whether you're a seasoned fantasy player a baseball stats junkie or just someone who wants to learn more about the game join us for four episodes each week this season including our new Friday live stream with former big leaguer Trevor May Check out the live stream on Fridays at 1 o'clock Eastern on the Rates and Barrels YouTube channel or listen to the show wherever you enjoy your podcasts, including the ad-free option on the Athletic app.